Good afternoon, guys. We are the Polymath Podcast. We are on episode 14. My name is Chris Frossin. Uh, I'm Ashley Cullen. And you can find us on Twitter. If you want to find us on Twitter, uh, you can find me. I'm at Chris Frossin, as I'm sure you know. Um, and you can find the podcast, which is at PolymathCast. Uh, I'm, well, a few places now, uh, at Calisthenics UK. That's for um, all my calisthenics and, and fitness-related stuff. And at AF Mylac for novels and uh, those sorts of things. Novelly novels. Facebookers, uh, Mark, Facebookers, Complete Calisthenics. Um, yeah. Instagram, the same sort of place. Yeah. If you want to find me on Instagram, uh, it's at Chris Frossin. You'll find lots of automotive stuff on there. Mm. Um, little bits and bobs of personal Very projects cool and some archery. Stuff. Yeah, it's been good, actually. It's been good fun. Uh, and for those Facebookers, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. It's at, uh, it's, it's at Chris Frossin. It's uh, Chris Frossin Photography. Uh, but if you search for Chris Frossin, you'll probably find both of them. So there you go. All right. Good week. Or good weekend. Actually, yeah, yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah. You've got potentially a big week this week because your compound bow might come. It might do. Yeah, I'm hoping it does. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I've got a bear. It's a bear cruiser. archery cruiser. Um, was it released so on the fifteenth? It was released on the fifteenth, I think. Yeah. So it's a, it's, uh, it's just really adjustable. So the draw length is adjustable from twelve. To thirty inches, I think, and the, the, the adjustability of it just blew my mind. Five to seventy pounds. How do you get that? How do you get that much adjustability? I think it's just in the cams. I, I really don't know how it's they do nuts. it, but, but be uh, interesting to see how you change that. Obviously, you can. Oh, well, I think it's just with a hex bolt, yeah, know, like a like yeah. Allen key. Yeah. But uh, no, that's just uh, staggering how much um, adjustability it has. Because mm. the one that um, uh, Blake uh, offered me, uh, his old one, his is. Was his seventy to eight? No, sixty to eighty pounds. Mm. Sixty to eight, sixty to eighty pounds, uh, with a thirty-inch draw, which is perfect. But eighty pounds. That's only sad, a, it's, it? yeah, it's only a twenty-pound, yeah. only a twenty-pound kind of draw, twenty-pound uh, um, window kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I think I might. Very cool. I think I might. I mean, we're going to go to KG Archery, aren't we? When it comes. Yeah, hopefully this week because I've just lost two arrows. Yeah, I mean, I need I need some more because I have to get them for the. For the high draw weight, but I'm not sure whether to go at say sixty pounds, or just to go to the maximum seventy pounds. So I'll just have to buy, you know, because I don't want to. I don't want to have to go say to forty pounds, yeah, and then, and then go to five, then yeah. seventy, because you just need different arrows all the time. And see, I reckon if you buy. get if, if we go, I reckon they'll be able to say something like, if you get, if you get um, arrows of what's the grains. What's the uh, grains for a sixty pounds? Uh, it's uh, five grains five. per pound, so it'd be, it'd be so three hundred grains. So if you've got a three hundred and fifty grain arrow, um, and then put on a heavier tip when you went up to seventy pounds, that would probably do it. I see. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it'd be something like that. Use a three hundred fifty grain arrow with forty pounds, fifty pounds, sixty pounds, seventy yeah. pounds. Because like Cameron Haynes yeah. fired that one into the hippo, didn't he? He used the same bow. He just used different grain arrows. Um, I think he used a three fifty or a four fifty and a six. I think there's a minimum just because uh, if you use too light an arrow and too heavy a draw weight, it's almost as if the bow's dry, dry, yeah, firing, dry firing. firing that's that's yeah. a big no no. Um, so I don't want it to um, explode. I mean, the, car- the other thing is the carbon arrows are so light anyway. Mm. Um, I think is it is it the grain is it the grain in terms of the weight then or is it the grain in terms of the stiffness? Grain is weight. Yeah, I'm not sure what a, a, a grain equates to in grams. Um, I'm really not sure. There is. It's funny how these things make make their own measuring system almost. Yeah. Just their own. But then I mean, bu- bullets are, are, are measured in grains, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. I never knew that. 
I think so. So what's, what's a 50 caliber? So 50 caliber bullet is that? Do you get different grains of 50 caliber bullets? I have no idea. Oh, I on. guess you might do. <laughs> Maybe you do. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got uh, we've learned our lesson from the previous the, what 12 podcasts, and we so we've got a little Mac here. Yeah, we've got so a we Mac here. Do some yeah, research. We can, uh, we can um, research. It worked quite well last week, didn't it? Because well, uh, we found the marshal and we had the uh, <coughs> did our did our did our um, yeah fair share of copyright laws and uh, played the Martian over the airways. But uh, I mean that was only a, it was only a demo anyway. Mm. How's your uh, audio 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 audible uh, audio book? Yeah. Yeah, that uh, I think uh, uh, Steve Barnes should be finished with that this end of this month or so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that'd be really good. So I'll be able to start. Um, You've still not played me like that. You need to play me some. Of that. Yeah, I do actually. I've got. Well, he sent me fifty minutes. The first fifteen minutes. Fifty minutes. Fifteen. Oh, fifteen. Yeah, to review. Yeah, they send you a little demo. Then you send you a fifth. Then you say, yeah, that's cool. We'll go ahead with it. And it's it's all it's all done on a site called ACX. Yeah. Um, Audible. Uh, Creative Exchange, wasn't it? Audiobook Creation Exchange. Yeah. Like well, division of Amazon, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it just makes it easy because it's it's. It's all set up for you. They they sort the royalties out and all these sorts of things, and and it's just a platform you can do it on. Yeah. Sold on iTunes, Audible. Amazon seem to be doing because this is this this podcast. I upload this podcast onto an Amazon um, cloud cloud space, uh, and that's free for a year. So we have got this podcast free for a year, and then I think it's fifteen quid for mm. the net for the following years. Or something. So we might start charging. No, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, if you want to listen to the podcast next year, it'll be uh, it'll be fifty p, please. Um, we're closing in actually we're closing in on a thousand downloads which is nuts that's good a thousand people want to listen to two thirty year old dudes babbling in the middle is it, of the is it these repeat listeners or are they have one listen and think well, I'm never doing that again <laughs> yeah. I'm not it's, uh, uh, it's a thousand numpties who download it once and listen to it and they go yeah. no this is a load of rubbish um, but no I, I don't think you can trace repeat listeners good uh, if you could yeah it would be it's be interesting to find out it's, it was interesting to find out where they were listening from there's a lot, lots in America Few in England, uh, two in Germany, one over in Spain. Uh, there was a Mexican, or somebody in Mexico. It might have been an Englishman in Mexico. But, mm. uh, yeah, they're all over the place. And somebody listened to them on on their TV. Somebody listened. So if it was you who listened to the podcast on the TV, send me a tweet because I want to find out how you who and why you do that. Why would you listen to it on the TV? Sorry. It came up. I can't remember what it was. Set. To, uh, I can't remember how it was broken down. I do. I mean, I do have YouTube on the TV. I do, I do have sort of. Maybe the Apple TV allows you to have iTunes on it. I've never had a look at the Apple TV. I suppose, why, why, yeah, why wouldn't it? It's an Apple product. So maybe you can just listen through. Because if you've got decent TV speakers, the sound yeah. system, you'd want to listen to music and yeah. maybe not our voices on surround sound. That wouldn't be. I did, have a, I did have an idea of wanting to do it as stereo and you coming out of the left ear and me coming out of the right ear. I think that would be kind of funny, funky. Yeah. But uh, I, I, that's beyond me at the moment. I don't know how to even split, split the split the voices into stereo. No. Have to ask Blake because he's a he's an audio audio geek. Uh, cool. So what yeah. So we went we went we fired. Uh, you fired my bow and I fired your bow last week, didn't we? For just for one, and then this week we swapped for a bit longer. Yeah, well, most of it, didn't we? Yeah, but yeah. most of the things we swapped back for. Swap, well, yeah. I swapped back well, for four we, hours. We figured out that my my string might have been wound too tight. Yeah, like your brace height was tension. too big, wasn't it? So I don't know if, if anybody, if no one sh- shoots up, shoots about there, the, the string you can, uh, especially with the recurve bow, you can basically take the, the loop off one end and put Twist twists it. into the string so it makes the string... Um, makes it shorter sl- or yeah, slightly shorter. And, and that affects your brace height, doesn't it? So how yeah. much, basically how much the bow is compressed before you have to pull it. 
Yeah. Um, and we think yours was a bit too too tight. tight. Yeah, it, it was. It was mine was twanging, and it's it's very brutal and unforgiving to fire. And I switched yeah. to yours, and it, it's a lot smoother. Um, yeah. Whereas which is part of the string doesn't it's partly because mine's a longer bow. Yeah, it was a slightly longer bow. Yeah, yeah two, I think two inches longer or something, isn't it? I think you've got a seventy yeah, inch. Yeah, mine's seventy. You've got a sixty-eight. But uh, we didn't think it should make that much difference. But it felt um, like my bows was a lot heavier to draw, mm. even though they're meant to be the same poundage yeah. limbs. So uh, your draw length in there. particular. Uh, I mean, they are they are beginner bows, aren't they? Really, yeah. really beginner bows. So uh, it'd be interesting to, to to see the compound when it turns up and. I mean, I'm just really interested to see the difference in quality now because obviously uh, I started started photography and you started with like a little uh, a little camera. I started with a, a, a Pentax ME Super film camera, uh, which actually wasn't a bad camera. Uh, but then we went into uh, I upgraded to digital and I used the uh, introductory Nikon camera. And um, they always say that a photographer can take a good photo with any camera. Um, but then when you start hitting lim the limitations of the camera, you need to upgrade kind of thing. So, but it'd just be really nice to try some more, but some higher quality bows and equipment. For instance, that finger tap, because mm. uh, I shot with a finger tap today rather than with my fingertips or just with a little little glove, um, and that was a little bit just restrictive in terms of it took a long time to get to get the finger tap onto the string and then arrange everything so that it was in the right place so I was just really interested to see the difference in quality between that finger tap and a really good quality finger tap I mean mm -hmm. the difference in price is negligible because it's just a finger tap mm -hmm. and then the difference in quality of a, a good bow I'd love to fire a win and win like Olympic archery recurve or something like that. I mean they've got, they've got the some carbon, really nice they, recurves yeah. that they make themselves. They say the carbon, carbon fibre ones. ones. Well. They say the carbon fibres are you know how yours we mentioned that word last week about stacking, how the further you pull the it kind of goes up in poundage exponentially and it gets really hard and, and horrible and unforgiving. Mm. Apparently the carbons are a little bit more linear rather than exponential in their right. draw. Um, which is why you can draw a 66. You'll have, you have to try that out. I mean, the, the, if, yeah. we, if we run into the guy that was there last time, Keith, uh, Keith that makes a, lot of the, makes a lot of the bows and works, you know, he's, he's the definitely, head definitely. guy in the workshop. He, he, I mean, he was more than happy to help me and Siobhan out for a couple of hours on a, on a Sunday, and they were, yeah. they were due to close sort of yeah. an hour before we, um, sorry, an hour after we got there. And we were there an hour after they should have closed. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I was trying to hurry things up, I think I said before. Yeah. I'll try to hurry things up and then get out definitely, there. Definitely, definitely head down. But I just want to try. I just want to see because now it's it's easy to say it after we've shot for a week and say, "Oh, I really want a good bow. Really want a good arrow." Blah blah blah. blah. But now we've been shooting for a little bit longer, and you kind of get the idea. And well, we've definitely shot a fair few swapping, hours, haven't we? Swapping, Maybe yeah, swapping, a um, so. swapping the bows as well. I think that was a bit of an eye opener. Mm. But um, no, I just really want to experience a little bit more. What what else is out there? So on uh, well this week as well I was going to say we had uh, uh, I don't know if I've, I've mentioned before that I was working on that TV series idea or yes. had the idea of that TV series yes. idea. Well, we worked out that well I, I thought it'd be just better if if we yeah that was did cool. it together just because well it, it's such a it is going to be such a huge project and I thought well I can't I've got so many other things on the go as well I thought and I thought it'd just be good to have a project that it's not just me yes. sitting in a room and just you know thinking all these things up and just in, in sort of hermit fashion um, <laughs> so yeah me and Chris started to go uh, well once a week now we've done it twice yeah um, last 
Friday. Last Friday and this yeah, Friday. Yeah, spent about five or six hours in, um, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Well, in the got little there cafe and... in Derby. And then, um, cool. yeah, I've been working and just the ideas were flowing. It was really, really good. Um, we decided on ten episodes instead of six. Yeah, so it's already gone up. We, you know, uh, I think you, ca- you came in with the sort of emotional side of things uh, and the theme of the of each episode, which I thought I'd have never, I hadn't occurred yeah. to me before. Um, they came up with some good stuff, didn't we? Really, it did, did come up with some good stuff. And that was it. Reminded afterwards, it reminded me of you know the conversation we had about um, creatives using their creative input to affect somebody else's creative output. Yeah, I thought that worked really well with there because obviously I came, I, I suggested trying to get the emotions, just listing like all the emotions and everything that we wanted in the in the episode to then Absolutely. almost help it write itself. And then Absolutely, you were coming yeah. up with with just throwing in all the scientific stuff that was. It was, it was awesome. It worked really some well. of the, I, I mean, some of the names well. that were coming up. Yeah. Like the second episode. Yeah, the second, first, the second step. first step. Um, you had a good one. I can't remember which one. Was it Mercury you named? I think you named the Mercury one. I can't remember what that one was now. Well, we were, yeah, we were thinking, but we were trying to get all the, like everything, everything panned out for every episode. Like just every eventuality, even just kind of like little things, um, like, you wanted you wanted like the awe and the inspiration of the first episode where they were going out to seeing all the all the space like the unknown, isn't it? and just yeah. kind of seeing the first thing and then they're getting really excited about that and then they see something else which is bigger and then it just kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until yeah. the actual launch and um, release and stuff. We even um, thought about like the midpoint, like uh, the, that the, mid, really the midpoint well. of the episode, uh, episode six. Um, by that point, you've yeah, had, you t- yeah. we've had four episodes before where they've actually landed on planets, yep. and then they've got four episodes after that yep. where they're going to. And ep- it just so happened that episode six would be the midpoint uh, where they'd be in the asteroid belt and they could Which land is... on one of the big asteroids, like Ceres, yeah. or I think it was some of the other ones, other ones are called. Ceres and... Uh... I think it was Ceres that we picked, because it, yeah. it, was, it was about 90 was a large one, wasn't it? Kilometers, um, so it almost had its own gravity yeah. field there, didn't it? Um, yeah, and we are... We, uh, we sort of thought, well, that that's another turning point there because they're kind of like past the point of no return now. That's because, now a big step you know, into the now. They're now after that, they're onto the Jovian planets. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we we thought, yeah, we could come up with some. We we're just coming up with some idea, cracking ideas. You came up with a cracking yeah. idea about the asteroid as well. I'm not going to say it, but um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah just, we went to just, that. Just, just, yeah, absolutely brilliant. But well, I mean, I did contact. If if anybody's uh, not seen uh, a short film called Wanderers by Eric uh, Wernquist or Burnquist, um, go on YouTube and watch it. Um, it's about four minutes long or so. Uh, but that's that's his vision of of uh, um, space travellers in the future, where they travel to these places and they just they're just having experiences. They're not going so out to good. mine or. Or anything else like that. Well, I mean, there are a couple of mining shots, yeah. Uh, but they go in there to have to have these experiences and to see these sites. Um, and I got in touch with them actually uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago to try and see if he'd be interested in coming on board, or if he if he had any thoughts on the project, or if he thought it was a it was a good idea or not. But he he replied saying he's got way too many projects of his own on the go, so he couldn't commit to anything, especially as as we haven't got a, a, um, a network interest or anything yeah. else like that. Um, but that's quite cool. But he he said there was has been a similar sort of program. But we had a look and it it wasn't very good. It was, <laughs> it was filmed over ten years ago, so I don't want to put put anything down. But it's it's very far from the vision that I yeah. have in my head. Yeah. Very very far. Yeah. Um, 
I think it would be. I think if we if it does go forward and we do actually start to put it in production stuff, I think it's going to be very difficult to yeah. get it right. Um, but then again, you know, but if, like when we said we were, when we were listing like all the eventualities that we could think of, or what could possibly happen in this episode, what do we want the kind of the tone and the theme to be, and then kind of fill in loads of eventualities and and um, um, events and stuff that were happening in that episode. It, once we kind of listed, which was the one that we had loads listed down, there was one episode and we just kind of listed tons down. And by the time we finished that, we could both almost visualise exactly what the episode was going to be and all the little dialogue. Was it the moon one? Might have been the moon one. Um, I've, yeah. got the, I've got the book in the, uh, in the other room. I could have just gone and grabbed it. But um, yeah, one of them, it was, just, it was just full of stuff that could happen or, or that we wanted to happen. Or um, the astronauts might be feeling like this. This could be affecting the mood and blah, 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 blah. And um, once we got it all down, it was like you can almost hear and see in your head little bits of dialogue that the presenter would be doing to camera and things. It was almost writing itself. It was really cool. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, that was really good. It's, it's just, it's just a nice change, you know, once a week uh, to, to sort of just working by myself, really. But I've got Siobhan, my partner, working, uh, you know, doing promotion and things for me now. Um, so she's, she's quit her job. Um, which is quite good because it just leaves me, not that I don't like doing promotion, but I, I don't like doing promotion that much, but I, I like the like interacting with people. So I get lots. I'm getting loads more messages through uh, Facebook and Twitter now, especially in, in terms of the the calisthenics book. Yeah. So I, I um because I get a lot of questions still, you know, even though that that's because there's you know no book's perfect, and there's probably things that I could improve. Well, there's definitely things I could improve about the calisthenics book. Maybe in maybe in a couple of years doing a, another edition or something or a revised edition. Um, you could. What would you add? It's, I mean, I'll, would you I'll just add, add, add on at the end to make it more difficult, or would you add on in the middle to make it more? Supportive? Oh no, I'm talking about just um, making certain things clearer. Right. I don't know. I probably maybe would add exercises to it, but I I don't know really. I think it's almost got enough in there because it's it's a good. Because you still can't do the back clap muscle up, can you? I've never tried. <laughs> I never tried it. It, it. it looks, it looks insane. Nuts. I mean, there's there's some real real high level yeah. high level stuff. Who was but that I guy just that thought, you linked? Um, who did the warrior challenge? Uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Bull. Kevin Bull. That was nuts. Yeah, I, I, I only saw that. Well. I haven't seen any of his other sort of stuff, so yeah. I don't know what he does, you know, day to day. But then I was watching that. I was like wondering. I, I wonder how. A, a. I wonder how you'd cope with that, and and how people like Damien Hurst. Damien, not Damien Hurst. Damien uh, Walters. Damien Walters. How Damien Walters would cope with that? How I think he'd kind of do all right. Yeah. I think you'd have to train specifically. For it, because I, I think your upper body would get fatigued very quickly. Because uh, there are some things in there that are very specific to it, like the, like the peg going yeah, down that peg. Uh, yeah, peg unless you board. practice that, unless yeah. you were, um, um, And then the cannonballs. I, I thought the cannonball was. He did that quite cleverly with his yeah. legs, and then uh, flipping out. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's made it a lot easier for me to, just to concentrate on putting more and more work out now so I think yeah. we're up to about 13,000 words or so on um, uh, this Ancients Landing novel that I'm uh, currently working on um, and it already it already feels, a, the story feels a lot stronger and it, my writing just feels a lot more mature than, mm. than Pegasus 1 which is the first uh, novel good. I released because you've um, had loads of re really good reviews on that and really comments really good comments reviews, yeah, I mean, not loads, loads of reviews but, but some decent reviews yeah, yeah. Um, 
which is quite cool. And the people, people, were, one theme was that they, they felt connected to the characters, and yeah. they, they felt um, they didn't, they wanted to keep reading, they wanted yeah, to didn't keep want to put it down, out. which is always a good, good yeah. sign of a good book. So I've been, I've been trying to. I mean, I, I think I've, I've tried to take things from. I mean, people, like I said before, people rag, rag on Dan Brown and, and all people like this, but for me, as a writer, if you, if you, if you can write a story that draws people in, that's, that's the build and end all. Yeah, that's what, you, that's, that's, what you, that's what you put on, well, not you know, what you put on the planet to do, but that's what you decided to do. Yeah, and, it, and it's almost, I mean, because you can get quite wordy writers and quite sort of, um, it's books that just aren't, aren't nice to read, they're not fun to read, and it's not, the author hasn't done it on purpose, I don't think. Was it The Nomad you said you were reading and it was difficult? No, it was, um, it was The Hydrogen Sonata, it's one of um, Ian M. Banks's books. I, I can't, I just can't get past the first ten pages or so, it just, I just, I tell you what it is, it's, I mean, he's obviously a fantastic writer and he's one of the greatest sci-fi writers, I mean, he's got so many books and yeah. so many accolades and stuff, and, and obviously, who am I just to say that he's a, you know, it's, it's a poor story, but I just don't. I have no reason to keep on reading. I see. There's no reason for me to pick up the book. Whereas I've I've just finished Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke, and I'm just uh, uh, I'm about sort of fifty pages or so into uh, Rama, Rama two. two, which is a sequel. Yeah, you have to lend me uh, that Rama one. And I, c- I couldn't wait to pick it up overnight. Yeah. So for me, that's. I mean, I have often wonder about this. Is is that a is that a, is that is Ian M. Banks's book just? Does it just not gel with my personality or intellect? Does it really gel with someone else's? Yeah. Do people only read it because he's known for being a sci-fi writer? Or I really don't know. I really don't know. It's a, it's a, it's. A, I guess it's all subjective, isn't it? Really. There's no right, that, wrong, or right is answer. That, um, Lindsay, Lindsay said something. We were watching. Or was it Lindsay? It might have been. It might have been Andy when I was down. I was down in Brighton this weekend doing a couple of Brighton. Uh, doing a couple of photo shoots, uh, a couple of reshoots actually. Uh, did an Astra and then those three opals that I've put up on Facebook recently. And um, we were watching eight out of ten cats. No, we weren't. We were watching um, Would I Lie to You, uh, which has got Robert Bryden in it, who I can't stand. He's just, he's just not funny. I just don't find him funny at all. And we were talking about whether um, I, there's a thing for it. I can't remember the name of it, um, but. If somebody tells a joke on television and there's an audience, people laugh. And it's almost because they are a comedian, they're labelled as a comedian, so they're expected to whatever they say is funny and they get a response sort of thing. So, and the audience might want to laugh because they don't want to... That's the thing, it's, it's, it's no social connection. The aud- the, maybe the audience will feel, oh God, this is really uncomfortable, you know, it, it's, it's such and such. You know, it's, it's that uh, cringeworthy moment I don't think yeah. people are comfortable with. It's... Um, no, it's a. Uh, there it is. Uh, no, I can't find the. I can't find the phrase for it. But there's a, a like a social. Social connection when you when you laugh, you're kind of agreeing with everybody else and connecting with everybody around you. So you you if you were watching Red Dwarf on your own, you kind of chuckle a bit. But when you're watching Red Dwarf with a group of friends, and you laugh a lot more because you want to yeah. you want you okay, yeah. want to make them know that you're finding it funny kind of thing. So it's that little connection. So moving on and taking that a further step is somebody who has kind of made his name as a sci-fi writer. If he writes a new book about sci-fi, does that automatically get the accolade of 
Yeah. Like if, one, if James Cameron does a new movie called Avatar and everybody goes to see well, it because thought, it's James I thought, Cameron. I thought that was And it's automatically... It's amazing! It's an amazing film! And it wasn't. It was a horrific film, in my opinion. It was... The, the, it Was it three hours long? It was a three-hour film, and they tried to justify the entire three-hour film uh, with a 20-second 20 second, 20 second, um, bit of dialogue with the general saying, yeah, but their, their camp is on a little bit of mineral that we need. And it was, is it called Unobtainium? It wasn't called Unobtainium. <laughs> what was it called? What was it called? Um, uh, we've, got, we've got a max here yeah. this week, listeners, so we can uh, find out. I can't even remember what the blooming film was called now. Avatar. Avatar, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, why Avatar? Like, I can understand that they're 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 using the avatars. It is unobtainium. Unobtainium. It's yeah, yeah. actually called unobtainium. Why? Why? Why are they there? Yeah. It it just says, oh, we're just here to get this because it's twenty million a kilo or something. Yeah. It's it's great, just, but it's why is it twenty million a kilo? It's, it's it a floats? single human being being a greedy git, and then basing a three-hour film on the fact that yeah, it's, I I didn't like it. They're still be making bloody Avatar two as well, aren't they? And the main the main character was just, I mean, he was wooden. I can't. It's the cliches really as well. I really struggle to explain to people why I'm not interested in films like that. It's the cliches as well. It's like like when the the, the generals walking uh, walking down and stuff. He's like, oh, you're not in Kansas anymore. It's like, well, no, uh, no. We're but in, why? We're why? In, I mean, surely must be surely must be able to come up with better dialogue than that. I mean, you know. I mean, people would be saying, "Oh well, Ash, you haven't done it. You you can't. You haven't made a Hollywood film yet." But I think, but these people have. So do yeah, they not? Yeah, yeah. They not watch these things back and go, "You know what? That is that is dripping with That's cheese." Poor. Yeah. That but is then poor. Expendables is dripping with cheese, but it gets away with it because it's not trying. It's to meant be, to be. It's meant yeah, to be. It's not okay. trying to be a. It's meant a, to be. a serious. Yeah. They're just like right. How many guns, action heroes, action stars, and explosions can we fit into ninety minutes? Yeah. It's like well, this much, you know. <laughs> I just, I just love the line where Arnie yeah. comes out. We get to the chopper in the middle of Expendable Three. Just made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's obviously, yeah. it's obviously, obviously a, cheap. Yeah. You know, it's obviously, you know. But uh, then why isn't Avatar? Because what, it's what, meant to be a what, serious film. It's meant but to be. why is it meant to be a serious film? What? Where's Where's that line between this is supposed to be tongue in cheek and this is supposed to be serious? Because Expendable Three is blatantly tongue in cheek. Yeah, but they know they're but, they know they're being tongue in cheek. Like, like, like when you watch Predator, yeah. there's lines in that, like when he chucks the knife at him, he's like, stick around. You know that they're, they're putting that in there. It's, they're not, people aren't looking at that and thinking, oh, this is a, this is a real uh, military group. A real, this is a real group of commandos yeah. that is based on a, real, on a real group. They're not thinking that. You're just thinking, oh, these, these hench guys with these massive guns, they're going to go into the, you know what I mean? Like the guy with the minigun. Yeah. Why would you Why would you carry that thing around <laughs> in the jungle? Because we watched we watched things. Bad Boys um, after because we got really bored with actually yeah, we watched we watched Would I Lie to You then we watched Eight Out of Ten Cats and then we watched that Alan Davis unscripted or as yet untitled or whatever it was absolute pile of poo rubbish um, it's five not very funny people sat around a table talking um, it wasn't very funny and um, we we got bored of that and switched it off and we put Bad Bad Boys on and that's so cheesy and cliche in terms of there's 15 bad guys firing at Mar- uh, Martin Lawrence and he's got time to say We're re- uh, you haven't got your flight ticket or something before he shoots somebody in the head kind of thing. It's just full of cheese again. But but that that's, that's it's not... That gets away with it because watching, the... um, like, uh, I watched Heat over Christmas. Oh, one of my favourite films ever. But that is a 
serious film, you know. Like th- there's no when they when they come out of the bank and then they they start the gunfight and stuff. Yeah. There's no there's no cheesy dialogue. You can see them checking chamber and stuff when when they're firing uh, and it's it's obviously obviously real. There's no music of the background. Yeah. There's no stupid explosions or anything else like that. It's proper brutal as it as it would be. But that's that's the theme of the film. But I think Avatar's. Was so Avatar's success almost like the Emperor's New Clothes? It's like nobody's nobody wants to say James Cameron that was a crap film. Could be, yeah. I think people do get like. But a, then I suppose that's what critics are for. Critics liked it as well, didn't they? I, was, I don't know. I mean, I know. The, the effects are, are, are unbelievable, and the, the premise was. The premise was I interesting. Suppose all right, but it, it's. The effects were amazing, but then when you went to see it in 3D, you had branches flying across your face all the time. It was like, I've got this amazing scene. I saw it IMAX in, so uh, I saw it in, in 3D. Auckland when I was in New Zealand. Um, we saw it in, like, I saw it in the IMAX cinema. But, um, I saw it in 3D and it was, it was this amazing scenery which they put millions and millions of pounds into CGIing. And then you just, you're, trying to, you're trying to view it and get drawn in by it and then there's a branch that flies across your face and it just completely distracts you and throws you out of it just pisses you off so I've been reading um, uh, well we, we brought I brought it along to the uh, yes. to the TV series uh, um, the TV idea, series idea, idea session um, on Friday uh, was uh, a book I've got called The Screenwriter's Bible um, I've been reading quite a lot of that and it, it's it really sets out exactly what a good film has yeah and it's quite simple Really, the, the guy says basically, if you, if you can have um, a character uh, or, or a group of people or a person that, that has a specific need or a flaw or something, and they they need to uh, fulfil that need or, or correct that flaw, then you have an opposition to that need. Yep. Uh, that can be another character, or it can be a a, a, a a climactic event or anything. You know, as long as there's op- opposition to that need. So there's going to be a bit of conflict there, and an emotionally satisfying ending. He says your script will be in the, automatically be in the top ten percent. Then he says you break it down further, and you have a you have a crisis at the beginning, or like a bit of a backstory, so that sets yeah. things up. And then you have, um, uh, yeah, then you have a, a crisis. You have a midpoint. You have a, um, a sort of point of no return. Yeah, and then you have. You I have suppose a, where you start you have a resolution. You have you have a showdown and a resolution. And stuff where you and start getting creative is where the where the. Um uh, the conflict is it turns out to be the opposite way around or something or the people who people the the need at the beginning of the film is actually inverted at the end of the film and it's the, the yeah. need tends up we being, have more than one person the need ends up being the opposition or something yeah yeah um, yeah i mean that so that's, that's he, twist he says that's kind of like the, the the blueprint he says you can get creative and stuff but it's it's, it's, it's yeah or, or um he, one he one he remarked on was um Pulp Fiction, loads and loads of stories going on at once. He says that requires a, a very educated and very professional and experienced screenwriter, yeah. like like Tarantino is. So he says, don't tr-, he says don't tr-, you've got don't to try welcome, and write. Pulp you're welcome to try that on the on yeah. your first go, but he says you'd be much better if you learn how to do. So I wonder whether people like that just get a free pass. Whether whether because what was you know, the one I mean, Will Smith's uh, was it After Earth? After that Earth, flopped, yeah, didn't it? I've not seen that. One, but so that just seems like an ego thing. You think I'll, I'll use, I'll, I'll film a film with my kid. Well, why? <laughs> yeah. Sure, he should be the best actor. He should be the best. Yeah. Actor. He's two kids. Oh, he's two kids of mental, aren't they? I can't remember the name of them. No, I'm sure, I'm sure. one of them's a bit. They're, they're talking. They go, oh yeah, we can. Uh, 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 one of them can slow down time or something. Oh really? 
Well, I didn't, know, I didn't notice it. Maybe it, just, maybe it only works locally. Uh, but yeah, I, I, do, I do wonder whether, whether it's kind of whether once the name has been built up, then it they they get a free pass on. But then you can't kind of take it away. Actually, how many James Cameron films do you like? Terminator, do. Uh, see, I thought the Abyss was alright. Was that James Cameron? I think so. Was that really? Sweet? That was, yeah, that was James Cameron, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. So two creators better than one. I mean, we we thought that working on the TV series was was awesome together. Really, didn't? Uh, I mean, I think uh, I think something we'll we'll continue to do at least once a week. Yeah. Um, I think we'll get a lot more work done away. I mean, I try. I try to do a lot. I try to come up with some some character names and some character, um, uh, just, just ways of identifying characters and, and making them as different as possible. Yeah, it was yeah, just it was just those bouncing ideas because we came up halfway through it. We came up with another novel idea, didn't we? Yeah, just um, ended yeah. up. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if like the the train of thought of what we were talking about in the TV series suddenly went? Oh, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Mm. Um, and that that kind of. I think I've. I've I, mean, I was going to talk. I was going to talk about writing a bit because I, I I did a lot yesterday. I did a few thousand words yesterday. Yeah. And What's your I, average on a on a day? What do you kind of aim for? And then because you said you did a lot yesterday. It could depend. I mean, I think I, I must have done about four thousand words yesterday, um, and a lot of that would be. No, not all of it would be like completely publishable. I mean, I'll go, I'll go back and edit that. Yeah. Numerous times, but um, I was thinking more about what uh, George R. R. Martin said about. Um, being either a gardener or a um, an architect in terms oh, of yeah, writing yeah. the story and things, because yeah. um, I think I'm, I'm falling right between the middle uh, because I had a, I had a basic structure and I was writing, and then as I was writing, a, an idea occurred to me that then changed the structure, and that, and and vice versa, you know. And it it was I wouldn't have come up with that idea, I don't think, if I hadn't have started just writing and just whatever comes out, whatever comes out, you know. And I get a lot better at typing fast and just touch typing. As I'm going along, I can. I mean, I basically can touch type now, but it's it's not. I mean, I don't do it the official, yeah. official way. You it didn't know, take me long to learn. I've got my own sort of way of doing it, but um, that that has helped a lot. It just means the ideas get out a lot quicker. Yeah, but I, I just came up with a, a more complex plot. There's more more threads weaving in and stuff, and yeah. it, it, it um, yeah, it's satisfying doing that. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I'm. I don't think I'm really that much of a of a planner over... I mean, because I, I do no, like... That's instant, the way I like to think. Almost. Yeah, it's the way I like to think. I like to think that, right, I'm going to sit down now and plan out this book start to finish. And I always sit down and I have a little checklist. And I have a little checklist saying, right, I'm going to sort out the chapter order today and get it and then just write it. But it never happens. I always either get... I always either get slightly stuck on the chapter order so then I start writing content. Yeah. Because I might have an idea for a chapter. Because when, when we were doing the... You know. When we were chatting about all the... Um... Or the TV series, you were always you, you'd always come back and say, "Oh, let's let's see if we can get some names and titles and and, and things." And one of the things that I was, because I'm not a writer, I'm just think of shitload. <laughs> one of the things I was that's all a writer is. I mean, yeah. a writer is just somebody that can. I was about if you write fiction, there's somebody that can think up ideas or worlds or characters or situations or uh, scenes or a premise or anything. Because I think that um, that yeah. that way of kind of listing everything really helped you, because you were just throwing ideas out. Um, we, were, we were like, especially the theme of each yeah. episode, that really helped. 
because like we say, a couple of titles just popped just, in. Just, just wrote themselves, didn't they? Yeah, in a couple of situations. Because of because of the conflict. Do you think that would be... think it would be what I was going to say do you think do you think you could kind of pull that into the way that you write at the moment yeah probably could yeah I think it's just going to I think I it's going to work I think um, and whether that kind of whether that kind of approach works with two people but kind of doesn't with one I think I'm because um, I want to be able to come up with all those ideas on my own not, not I think chance. I'm going to get uh, this Ancients Landing done this year um, and get the ebook and the paperback and the, and the yeah uh, the audiobook done for that. I think then I'm going <coughs> to. I think I'll start working on that um, series of sci-fi And I, I, I was thinking the other day, I would like to, the. I like the idea of writing a big book, you know, like yes. a thousand page book, yeah, yeah. have like a saga, yeah, yeah. like a like an epic. I'm waiting for that. Like, for a, you. like a space opera epic, um, but then dividing the book itself into three into three parts. So like Lord of the Rings is divided into into three books, you know, yeah. or three parts. It's actually six books, isn't it? But it's a three parts. Yes, I, I have the six Something book like limited edition version that Games Workshop gave me as a Christmas present. Wow. Um, I've got that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's actually seven books because it's got like an appendix at the back as well with loads of language yeah. and stuff. Um, so a lot, I think I'll, I'll, that will be, because it's set so far in the future and it's, it's um, made up completely, whereas um, Pegasus 1 and Ancient Standing are set they're grounded, uh, aren't they? Almost. Yeah, almost in reality. And I, well, I mean, the the sci-fi series, uh, your know, sci-fi trilogy or the sci-fi epic will will still still be grounded in real science and things. But I I want it to be um, a bit more escapist, a bit yeah. more you know. Well, you know, the I, I, yeah, I don't really, I don't really mention the United States or Europe or I don't really mention you know agencies or organisations or um, yeah, bodies that are available yeah. available. Around now, it will be set in our solar system. Oh, well, but okay. It will be so far in the future that uh, yeah, it's like we it's like we talk about America you know, and Asia, or, or countries, or conflicts, or events that happened two thousand, three thousand, four thousand years ago. Yeah. It will be that sort of thing. We sort of know what happened. We can't be totally sure. It's 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 not just on the edge of memory. It's it's far far beyond yeah. that. You know, uh, you can always like, kind of throw in kind of uh, mis misread memories as well, can't you? So. You can relate back to like the the twentieth century and say that something happened, but you kind of get it the wrong way around. So I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, or, or the yeah the people of that day of the year four thousand or year six thousand. I mean, I'll probably yeah, even change just get the history wrong. Probably even change the date. You know, there's no there's no there's no particular reason why <laughs> they would use the AD system. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in five thousand years. Uh, oh, well, they don't even use it in all parts of the world. No. Now, so it, it's it'd be naive to to. Think I'd, I'd want to make it like that. I'd still want to base it in. Well, it, it would you be have five thousand years and have a new Bible that's based on, based on like stuff that we don't know about now. Yeah, or it's like oh yeah, the Big Bang, and it's you've got a new Bible that's all about the Big Bang. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything like that, a bit more, a bit more mythic. Sci-fi, yeah, yeah, I was, I was talking about. I think the names would be, um, the names would be uh, a little bit more mythic. So, yeah. like, if you're writing a story now, um, you'd be talking about Asia and America and, and Argentina and stuff. Whereas, you're, if you're writing a story in 5000 AD, you'd be talking about Earth, Mars, Titan, Enceladus, rather than countries. Course, yeah. You'd be talking about planets, so it's suddenly got all grand. Yeah, or organisations, or yeah. you know, because the because the distance is so vast. It's, um, yeah, and and I mean, the good thing about 
the solar system is because it's so massive and because you know, the average person doesn't necessarily know uh, all of the different names of parts of Mars or whatever. You know, like, like one of the names is uh, I think it's I think it's west of the uh, the trench. Um, the Valle Marineris. Yeah, it's west, just like uh, maybe it's a few hundred miles west of there, called Noctis Labyrinthis, which oh, is yeah, an awesome yeah. name. Yes. So I mean, you know, immediately you could think, right? Well, okay, maybe the inhabitants don't call they maybe they call it the labyrinth or the lab, or maybe yeah. it's like you know, it's maybe it's like like some sort of un underground city that's just crammed in almost like a rat run and all this sort of stuff and they just call it the lab you know because it's kind of like a labyrinth and you know that automatically you've got taking taking from a real name a real place you can create something that's a bit more mythic and a bit more um uh sci-fi you know um which i'm looking i'm looking forward to writing that a lot um and i think that will be one that that's a bit more but I just write, and I, pl I plan overall. I know the overall story arc over the three books. I suppose if you have, uh, if you plan it too much, you almost. I can imagine if you sterile, plan it, yeah, if you plan it too much, you're almost restricting how much you're writing and what can what can occur. Yeah. So if you have like a, um, a beginning and an almost an end point, but you're not quite sure how you get there in the middle, then you just write. Then you might kind of surprise yourself on where the yeah. What the I, 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 I want it to yeah. I want it to be a. Uh, I mean, I think Angels and Andy will be quite long. I mean, maybe I don't know anywhere from eighty to hundred thousand. I think because um, I've got I've got quite a lot of that I want to write, you know. And the and the main the main character, the 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 you know the extraterrestrial is is going to. I think he's almost acting as a um, an outlet for what for for, for my thoughts and yes. things. Yeah, yeah, about exactly. about about. Yeah. The human species yeah. about civilization about We've been talking uh, progress, about including some things that we talk about in the podcast. Exactly, and yeah. yeah. And it's 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 really easy to write. I think I I just I banged out a couple of thousand words in you know less than an hour, or so probably even less than that. And it was just it was just coming out. It was well, of course he'd say this. Yeah, he'd say that. He'd say that. He'd say that. You yeah. Know. Um, you know, because all I had to all I had to understand was where he was coming from, his background, what he's seen, what he's learned, the amount of time that he's been alive. Or that his brain has been been alive, or his his, his conscience has been alive. Yeah. Which to say, without giving away anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's. I think I definitely will stick to stick to sci-fi. It's. I have. I have, do have another a couple of ideas for uh, like Zephyr. Yeah, that are non-sci-fi, but it's 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 just the yeah sci-fi is the is the attraction really, um, and it might not be the 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 greatest. You know, I, don't, I don't know what books, what sort of books earn the most money, really. Do you reckon chick flicks or something, or books of people? Textbooks. Textbooks, <laughs> maybe. You can always sell textbooks. Harry Potter too. Harry Potter the sequel. Oh dear. Good old Harry Potter. Half a billion. You can't, you can't sniff at that, can you? <laughs> Half a billion quid for a book series. She's Crazy, sh isn't she it? She should just be exempt of everything for giving for giving the civilization though those books she should just be exempt from everything it's like well done yeah well it got it got it got kids reading didn't it, it got kids yeah. that were you know i mean that's unheard of kids of like you know eight nine ten reading books six seven hundred pages yeah. long crazy yeah and if I, I mean, i've got all of them on the shelf it stacks up to quite it's like bloody hell it, it's actually that many have you read them all oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, numerous times. Yeah. Sure, what, you, you've read them multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Books better or films better? 
Books are way better, yeah. Books are way better. Do the film I mean, follow the, plot, the story? It, the plot is complex. There's so many things that tie up. It, it's... It's just the world is believable. That's that's the thing. I think it's been so long, so long building the world and thinking about, <coughs> and it, 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 it's it's <coughs> to me after reading it, it's almost second nature. It's it's not second nature. It's almost obvious. Yeah. So well, of course, of course, of course, they'd they'd they'd, they'd have another ministry, another ministry, and, and they'd tell. I got. Of course, they'd have a school where educated kids, of course they'd keep it secret, of course they'd do this, of course they'd have their own sport, of course they'd do you know, this, that and the other, you know. Um, it becomes quite obvious and it's, yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's, if you read the books, that it's a lot, lot better than the film. Yes, yeah. it's a much, much better film. Um, what, what else do we have? Uh, we were going to talk about um, the Drake Equation. The Drake yeah. Equation, which I'm going to bring up quickly. Yeah, so the Drake Equation was... Um, because uh, this was something that you wanted to, well, it, it, or it, something that you could definitely kind of. It was well. I or... I was looking at a video called Gigapixel of Andromeda. So there's been a picture taken. That is nuts. By uh, NASA and the SA. Was it Hubble? I think it was. Yeah, it's by NASA and the SA, and it's a f- over 15 billion pixels. So you would need 600 HD TVs stacked up. Yeah, to show it full resolution. But um, there's one a, that you can see and you can just kind of keep zooming in, can't yeah, you? Yeah, and on, on, the YouTube, on the YouTube video you can actually select 4K. Oh, can you? Yeah. Wow. Um, which, is, which is really, really cool. Um, is your, is your Mac 4K? No, no. There's it, a yeah. new Mac 4K. The new Mac's 4K, isn't it? Uh, the, Mac's pro- the new Mac's probably bigger than 4K, yeah. Or is it 8K? It won't be 8K, no, I think. The new Mac is 5,000 odd pixels by something. Because um, I remember seeing a, um, a JPEG representation of the iMac screen and then all the different resolutions stacked into it. Wow. So you, you can like fit four HD resolutions inside of an iMac, a full-size iMac screen or something like that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so, it's that, so you can watch like an HD HD video up in the top corner and still work in the rest of the. It's that it'll kind still of thing. Be 1080p, yeah. yeah. It'll still be 1080p. Um, with that, so that got me thinking about just seeing how many stars there are because the, the, the video just keeps zooming in, just keeps zooming in like for ages, and star stars keep um, uh, becoming sharper and sharper and sharper. Then what you think is just like a little blob. Just becomes and then it sharpens up and then it's like fifty stars. Jeez. It just keeps going down. You think, you think how many stars? How just how? Because it, it looks really densely populated, but you yeah. know, on the scale of if you're flying around in a spaceship, it's not going to be. No, no. no so it's just because we see it from billions so far of miles away. between. Um, so that got me thinking about well, what what are the odds? You know, on this, uh, you know, on life existing elsewhere in not just our galaxy but the universe. Then obviously there's that Drake equation. Yes. Um, I think that, I'm a load pretty of sure that came up in the human universe because uh, I can remember I can remember him going to probably, visit. Probably was. Um, or at least sure maybe like one of the one of the universe or one of the. I think it was human universe. Yeah. Because uh, it's I, I can remember it. Uh, I can remember seeing it recently, um, which is when, when you when you mentioned it, I was like, I'm sure I've heard that one before recently. Um, and I kind of think that, I, I mean, my opinion is that, of course, there is. Of course, there's other intelligent life in, yes. in the universe. Yeah. If not, well, the Drake equation. The Drake equation is. Uh, it takes it a step further that there's intelligent life that we are able to communicate with. 
Right, okay. Um, so it takes yes. it a step further. Where, where, um, so the Drake equation is N, which is the number of civilizations in our galaxy with which radio communication might be possible, equals, uh, and then I'm guessing you multiply all these together. Um, I'm not quite sure what the dot between all the letters actually means. Uh, so the average rate of star formation in our galaxy multiplied by the fraction of those stars that have planets multiplied by the average number of planets that can potentially support life per star that has planets um, and then the fraction of planets that could support life that actually develop at life at some point uh, divided by or times by the fraction of planets with life that could actually go on to develop intellect and then the fraction of civilizations that can develop the technology that releases detectable signs and then the length of time for which such civilization has released detectable signals into space. Mm -hmm. So it, it turns out to be minusculely small, um, just because of all but, the, all the different variables that have to, or that have to, that have to, have to be there. But then that's, that's like I say, that's taking it a step further that we can communicate with. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's only well, it's only the third variable which mentions life. After that, it's life being developed enough to have technology, therefore having and intellect that's and only, civilization. That's only on planets that we th that are similar to our own. Yeah, we don't. We don't. No one knows if if life can develop on other types of planets. Yeah. or because as far as we're concerned, things. as far as we're concerned, we need water to have life. Yeah, you need water to have life. So, um, but I mean, the speculation that people can or life can exist on uh, methane and and uh, hydrochloric acid and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the answer is we just don't know enough about life because we've only got one lab that we can yeah. <laughs> test yeah. it in. <laughs> you know, and there's 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 untold trillions of labs out there that we haven't even yeah definitely set foot in. Um, I think it makes me more um, more well, yeah, sad almost that I know that I know that we'll probably well. Maybe in the human species, definitely not me in my lifetime, even my, oh, even my grandchildren's grandchildren lifetime, will never make contact or never know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, and it's kind like, of like... Like I said last week on um, on the feedback of the podcast, I didn't know what he was more sad about with the pillars of creation, that they're already dead or that he'll never see them actually get destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or never see them sort of, up, up, not, not, not see it up close, but sort of, you know, from yeah. a... From a distance, never see, never see the event of the gas tower taking them out. Um, yeah, so I, I, it does sort of. Uh, it ties in. We, we were going to talk about um, uh, Rendezvous with Rama. Yes. So I read the first book, um, and yeah, like I say, just couldn't, couldn't put it down. Started reading the How second. How many pages one. is it? It's not that long actually. Maybe two, two forty, two fifty, something okay. like that. So yeah. it's, a, it's a reasonably quick read. Yeah, yeah, a lot happens in it though. It's 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 just a good book. Do you know what I mean it, it doesn't need to be any longer than that? No, which is which well, I, I think is a is a mark of a, a good writer. You know, they don't they write any more than they need to write. Yeah, it's not I, it's I not words for words' sake. Because I sometimes worry about. It. I'm like, oh, is that long enough? Well, if it gets a point across and it it's develops the characters and develops the story and it's yeah. emotionally it's a story. It's to a story read. finished. Yes, therefore it's long enough. You know, yeah. Um, so and in that he was. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke talks about the effect that um, the human species, uh, or the effect on the human species that um, seeing this alien life has, and they all go mental. Everyone goes mental, 
they go through like a massive spending spree and they just borrow credit and they borrow money they don't have and, and then the markets crash and then there's a few decades where it's just that the technology goes backwards people forget people are just okay. looking to survive and and uh, nothing happens and and um there's a there's a few there's a few bright people and uh, but one of them gets killed and and then they get set back again and it ta- it takes the collective work of a few great minds to try and get things back on track and, and all this sorts of stuff um, and then when they when they eventually come out of it say i think it i think in the book it's about 60 or 70 years later they um in the early 2200s i think is in the, in the book um they're at the same technological level as they were <laughs> before <laughs> um and i just i just wondered whether that whether what would happen what would happen if the world and i'd backwards? like to no, 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 no. What would happen if we, if say tomorrow, an alien civilization landed land yeah. and they said, right, we, you're not alone. We live in such and such. You know, we've seen X number of civilizations and stuff in, uh, in other galaxies and and blah blah blah. What what would? I mean, I like to think I'd be like, wow, that's that's incredible. That, that this. I think I, I'd be. I wouldn't necessarily be happy. I'd be. Um, uh, I think I feel more connected to the universe, maybe, because I know well, where every time you look out there, you it's, might be looking it's still at a civilization. That, it's still that issue of not being able to touch it, not being able to physically recognize. Yeah. And when you see in those stars, there is this—you know—you see them as they were millions of years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would do to me actually. But I mean, do, do, how do you think other? How do you think society as a whole would react? Have you got any opinions on that? I'm really not get, sure. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. The scientists will obviously, I'm sure the scientists would cope and be able to um, relate, um, but whether kind of the general public would, I don't know whether the general public would initially accept it and kind of reject it and kind of carry on with their own little little lives. Bubble. Uh, yeah, it's just sitting in a little bubble watching Gogglebox and and um, Cardassians. Um, I do wonder whether, then, whether because whether, we say general be, public, I, mean, that, I suppose it's not. It's what type of mind would be able to cope with it, all, or what type of mind would react positively to it. So I, I can't see. I mean, it, it, it's yeah, it's a tough one. That is makes you think, doesn't it? Because would you what have would, would you have the general public flocking to the aliens and worshiping them as God, like they did on Independence Day? Um, or I should, oh, you probably have a lot of different somebody, types of yeah, you probably have, have people that are hostile to it people that, that you, yeah. have you would have different factions all over the place wouldn't you you would have, you would have but then because it's we're talking globally the people who wanted to be hostile to it would just be astronomically large it would be loads of people yeah hundreds of thousands of people millions probably just wanting to be hostile you'd have millions of people who it might it would I was going to say it might unite the globe but it probably wouldn't probably still split it because mm. you'd, you'd have if you split it up into people who wanted to talk to them people who wanted to be hostile people who wanted to worship them people who were just curious and people who didn't give a shit you've got five quick factions that we've just kind of thrown out there if you split that between what's the current population it's about 18 billion no six and a bit billion six and a bit billion 18 billion sorry I meant 8 <laughs> billion I meant 8 billion not 18 I quite billion get, I think it could be only <laughs> 7 billion actually yeah um, I'm not sure but yeah, if you split that, if you split that with, um, yeah, just over seven billion, eighteen billion. What did I say? Eighteen. Said eight. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does fascinate me that what, what would happen. I think, I think because we have this ton of mindset where 
we appreciate to learn things. Like, yeah, if, if, if me and you recognise that somebody's either more experienced or more intelligent or more creative or... or <laughs> like James Cameron. Well, any, any, anybody, <laughs> you know, that, that I, I'm keen to learn off of. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I, I don't have that feeling of... Oh, well, Inadequacy. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't have a feeling of, well... I, d- I dislike you because you you better than me at that. I think well, what what can what can I learn from it? You know, yeah, that's the whole point. I have I have a problem. I I get annoyed with people who I see who are more successful, and I don't feel have better skills. Does mm. that make sense? Um, but that could just be that's... that could just be that like if you see like if you see a fashion photographer. They might not necessarily technically be a better photographer or even artistically, but they've oh, got into fashion photography. Yeah, completely different. Which which you could argue, I mean, maybe there's more money in fashion photography than there is in car <clears throat> photography, say. Or, you know. Um, so okay. I could I could write, it's what, and if I'd written, say, like a bodybuilding book, yeah, that might not have done anywhere near as well as, as the calisthenics one. But calisthenics just happened to be a thing that I sort of know about. very in the moment as well, isn't it, I think. Yeah, it's 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 growing, and there's more, there's more and more interest in it. Yeah, the the people who do it are very uh, committed to it, and the more they're committed to it, the more it's kind of growing, and the more other people are realizing what it is. Yeah, because I never even actually that's a lie. I did know the word before because I saw some Japanese guys over in over in Japan because it's a Japanese guy. Uh, training in the gym and put up a video of them doing um, hands-down press-ups on five dumbbells stacked up and things like that, and wow. just doing calisthenics workouts in a gym but not using any gym equipment, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the first time I'd ever see- heard of that phrase before. Um, and then obviously working with you on the book, doing all the photos, and then being a little bit more aware. It's the same thing I said last week about realising that all the cars that I like were Japanese. It's realising that all the exercises that I like were calisthenic stuff. And then going and seeing them and spotting them on YouTube and, and seeing people in Russia doing I mean, calisthenic stuff, hanging off the top of a crane that's X amount of feet up in the air and doing crazy stuff yeah. up there. Um, so, I mean, so I think it can only get bigger. It, can, it, could, just be, it could just be luck, though. I, mean, it, it, I say no, I say luck. It's not luck, is it? It's not it, luck. You make your own luck. It, could, it could be... Sort of the right place at the right time. They've done the right thing. They might have a. They might have a certain attitude that people that endears them to people that yeah. that uh, yeah. uh, can get them places. You know. Um, like, I mean, yeah. ultimately, you kind of go. It goes down to business sense being. Well. Because you can be a very, you can be a very, very good artist or, or musician or writer or whatever. But if you don't have. Um, I think yeah, so. I, I remember watching Arnie, and he, he says, You can have the best products in the world, or, or the best film, or the best idea in the world. He says, If you don't market, market it to anybody, or don't advertise yourself, or don't promote yourself, or, anything, or don't promote the idea, yeah. it's not worth anything. You might as well not have it. I mean, a, 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 I suppose a certain few people might latch onto it. Um, yeah, it was like David Cho was we talking about him last week. David Cho having mm. fuck you money and having. Uh, everybody was saying, "Oh yeah, well, you you fell into it because of Facebook, uh, get, getting billions of pounds worth of Facebook shares." He was like, "Well, no, because I could get money like that now by selling a photograph, I'm selling a photograph, selling a painting. Um, I have fuck you money because of all that as well." 
And um, he worked hard to become a painter. Yeah. He's like he's obviously recognised for his talents, so they asked him to do it. He was giving back. It wasn't like he was just picked randomly off the street. He was giving know. back an awful lot. He was doing stuff for free and basically swapping swapping his talent, swapping his. But did art he know? Did he have an in, an inkling that Facebook might be big, and that's no. why he took the shares, or did you just no. like, yeah, I'll take? No, shares. he was just a friend. He was just like, can you do some? He was like, yeah, yeah, of course. You give me some shares, I'll do this. Because he was just he didn't he never got paid for any of his work. He was always swapping his work, like like the guy who um, he said the. Uh, there was a restaurant in his hometown that was going under, and he said, uh, oh, "I'll paint, I'll paint a massive mural on the side of your, on the side of your restaurant to give you some publicity if you give me food for life." So he was just swapping stuff. So he swapped the Facebook artwork for Facebook shares. Mm. Um, but no, it's good. Yeah, it's all, uh, it's all interesting stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you because I've been doing because of all those goal setting. Have been be, have you been doing with your goal habits? All right, actually. Yeah, a lot, a lot better. Yeah. I um, flopped a little bit last week, uh, but I picked it back up again. Um, but then I even I noticed Craig was struggling as well with his habits. Uh, he said it takes it takes a few weeks to get to get into it. Well, I think anyway. I had them for a little while anyway. But yeah. it, and now she wants to take another promotion and some other things. That sort of. Oh, you passed a couple of those over. Were, well, were, I mean, they, uh, were they on your habit list? They were not on my habit list anyway. I mean, I write every day anyway. Think yeah. about ideas every day anyway. Um, so yes. One of, one of mine was uh, having ideas, um, have an idea a day for a personal project kind of thing, um, which I've been, I mean, I've, I've listed so many and I've got, I think I've got five now, which I'm really excited to kind of pursue. Uh, and I think I've got two and a half weeks left at David Lloyd, so after that I've really got a little bit more free time to pursue them. But um, I wanted to ask whether, because photography is a lot of practice uh, and you can only get very very good at it if you practice obviously and personal projects are listed as one of the Joel Grimes is, is, is always going on about how important they are he tries to do 50 a year he said if you do 50 a year you're almost getting a portrait a, a portfolio worth of work every year so you can almost renew your portfolio every year which is he said is also very important um, but one of the things that I've been and also doing the um, doing the TV series chat with you as well. One of the things that's really made me feel good is the speed at which I've been able to be creative mm. and just kind of bang out ideas and kind of go, oh, I want to shoot this. I want to, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could do this? Wouldn't it be great if I could shoot that? Oh, that'd be a great photograph. Um, so I'm going to do those. I was just wondering whether you think personal projects translate into writing in any way, because if I if I shoot I've got an idea to shoot, which one shall I say? I'm going to shoot a fine art photo set on car wheels. So I'm going to get some of my friends have got some very, very expensive, very rare um, car wheels, which I'm going to photograph in a studio setting and make them like almost a fine art uh, thing. And then hopefully, well not hopefully, but you can see where if I did that photo set of 12, 14 wheels and make them really, really good, you can see a car manufacturer going, I like that. I'm going to employ him, and he's going to the shoot program, all our yes. wheels, and then we're going to make a calendar and sell that to all our parts manufacturers. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just, just yeah, throw yeah, an not? idea out there. Just yeah. Some kind of link. Oh yeah, we really like that idea. We're going to have, we're going to have him come in, and he's going to, and we're going to put it up all in our, in our workshops. We're going to have um, a photo of all the wheels, fine art wheels, or go further and do gearboxes, anything like that. But mm. so that personal project then leads to more work. I was wondering whether that idea. Or premise translates over into writing at all. 
Because you did Republic. Yeah, I did, you I did a book called Republic, which is um, uh, my thoughts on the monarchy and, and um, uh, hereditary leadership um, and those sorts of things and how, how that they're outdated and undemocratic and stuff. But I mean, I'm a massive fan of the uh, American Constitution and, and you know, <laughs> which they don't actually realise what it is. I know a lot of them do, but it is. It's. Uh, <laughs> then you wanted to be away from the. Uh, I used Stop to. Uh, I used to laugh. I, I saw Chris Hitchens once talking on um, C-SPAN with uh, with another uh, guest, and some of the callers were. It was about Princess Diana, and he said it's. He said it's quite funny to me. He says, coming from the UK, um, he says, "Well, we have to put up with them." He says, "It's quite strange to come over to America and see people um, fawning over these people." Yeah. Uh, when their entire country was set up to get away from that. Yes. You know, to, to let people, if they want to worship, of course they can worship, but they have to pay for their, the church themselves, you know. Um, they said the government can't can't yeah. come in and, and say anything, you know, you have to do it as a volunteer, which is anyway, I think it's the only way a successful site can, can eventually run, um, even though we have a, uh, I mean, a lot of people think that the monarchy doesn't have a lot of, a lot of power, but they, my, 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 that to me was just me was for me to get out ideas and um, opinions on the subject. I didn't even care if anybody bought the book. I so that was that was one of your copies. That was one of your first books in inverted commas, wasn't it? So that was the first kind of yeah, yeah, one of yeah. The first I think it's, you it's kind about thirty thousand. It's like a pamphlet, really. It's not so really was it more? Say, was that? Was that? Did you did you really want to do that one because you wanted to get your opinions out, or was it kind of practice? For the process, I think it, I think I had real need and want to write it. Yeah, like I have a real need and want to write uh, a book. I'm probably go- probably going to call the New Age of Reason um, after Thomas Paine's The Age of Reason. Um, it'll be very it'll be different from that book. Thomas Paine's The Age of Reason was uh, a book that he wrote, a, basically saying that the, the, the Bible is balls from beginning to end. Hardly any of it's believable. They were more um, likely deists. So they believed that there was a creator, that was about as far as they could go, but they didn't believe that um, uh, that creator got involved in man's affairs or human being, the affairs of human beings. They didn't think that um, the creator took sides in wars or decided matters in everyday life and all those sorts of things. So they were, were, well, they're religious in the sense that they believed there was a creator of the universe and that they were made in the image of that creator. Yeah. But that's as far as they went. Right. I think that's what he was, he was, Sorry with that, but uh, I want to write this book for myself, but also as a, um, I had the idea the other day that I, I would give this book to my children, to my future children to read when they're getting to the age where they can start to think for themselves and things. Okay, um, that's cool. Because it, it's, it's basically, I've got about 40,000 words for it, it's very rough, but it's basically in two parts. It will be, uh, the first part is kind of like looking at the problem. Yep. So, uh, the human condition, um, the how people are credulous, how we take things on faith, how we um, prefer conspiracy theories to no theories, yeah. how we um, look for patterns when there is none, just because that's, that's part of your, you, know, part of your, your genetic works. makeup, yeah, part of the way the brain works, all those sorts of things. Um, and then the second half is how we could hope to overcome it, why we should. Um, what makes a successful society, in my opinion, um, uh, maybe some of the hopes for a future society, maybe we'll, you know, uh, you know, maybe we'll only get to travel to and colonise other planets if 
we become a reasonable yes. enlightened species, yes. maybe. Yes. So that was my kind of idea for it. I, I mean, I wouldn't care if I, if I didn't sell a single copy. I mean, I, I probably will do. Do you know how many copies of um, Republic? Republic uh, maybe even a handful. Maybe. Yeah. I've done a few free copies, so maybe it's, maybe it's a couple. Are you talking thirty, fifty? Maybe a couple of hundred at the most. Okay. At the very most, but that's including free copies that I've yeah. done like for a Kindle, Kindle Select thing. Um, but no, I feel, yeah, a, a book like The New Age of Reason, I feel like I, I need to have a want to write that. Um, and I wouldn't care if no one ever read it. Like I say, it would be more so that I'd have my ideas down solidly. So I've got right. This I like is, the idea that you like want to pass that my, on to your children. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was it's something that Siobhan thought of. She's like, I'd love, I'd love it if, if you know, when we're old enough, you know, and you've done enough projects and things that you've got a shelf in the house with just your books on there. Yeah. In different tra- oh, you know, God, different yeah. languages and stuff. And I thought, yeah, that's quite cool. Not for an e- not for an ego thing. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be bothered about. Oh, God, no. I wouldn't be bothered about neighbours coming to see it or visitors or whatever. Yeah, it wouldn't be the um, first thing, right? Like, yeah, let's give you a tour of the house. Because I'm pretty anyway. But, um, <laughs> let's give you a tour of the house. Here's my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it would just be like, <laughs> well, that's. That's, that's my t- that's, that's my TV, TV series. Because I, I sometimes, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the same as maybe you're the same. You know, you sometimes forget all of the photos and stuff that you've done. You sometimes forget, yeah, I forget the books that I've written and, and forget these things. And and um, it, because I'm always looking forward to the next project, and then I'm enjoying it while I'm doing it. Once it's over, I do enjoy it. Um, and I do I enjoy seeing the reception, but. As a creative person, you're always on to the next project. You're always on to the next one, on to the next one, and, yeah. and because you're always trying to try and improve, you can't just you can't just do one book or one take one photograph and be happy. Right, I'm okay. Selling my camera now, done it. You know, you're constantly trying to you know trying to um, evolve and trying to hone your craft. Um, so yeah, that's about as close as as it gets for personal projects for me. Yeah, because I um, suppose a personal project as well. If you're going to write. A book, it still takes quite a lot of time to actually get it down, yeah, and to actually write it. So I'm guessing a personal project. What, what would you think if you were going to do a personal project for a year? How many do you think you'd try and do? I don't know. Really. I mean, I'm trying to think what sort of personal project I do. I, I might even look to analyse uh, 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 other books, books that I like. Oh, I'd try and analyse cool. them. That'd be cool. So I thought about doing that with. Um, uh, I, I did think Rendezvous with Rama is very good. Because that's one of the things Analyze I say the way about photography. Right. If you, I've now got a folder on my desktop um, that's just called um, Ideas Stroke Cool. And it's literally just um, photos that I see on the internet. And it's usually usually car stuff um, mm. uh, or sports stuff. That, uh, that I like that photo and I'll just drag it into the folder. So, and then... If you open up the folder, you'll see a trend running down, r- running through. Say I was a fashion photographer and I was t- dragging in, dragging in photos of fashion photography which I like. It might turn out that fifty percent of all these photos that are dragging in are, um, I don't want to say overexposed because it's, it's, overexposed is a kind of a loose or loose certain phrase. type or more shoes yeah, than could be, dresses or something. Yeah, or? yeah, something like that. Or it could be a really overexposed image with lens flare in it. Um, or they might all be backlit. Just okay. the, the, you might find a theme coming through. So if you if you kind of read a few books and tried to break them down, you might find out that actually you don't like sci-fi. <laughs> but I doubt that. But um, yeah, you might you might find a, a running theme like yeah. we were doing when we were doing the, the breaking down the TV series. Like if you break down this, it almost writes itself. So yeah, you might find a, a running theme running through. 
Yeah, how many more times can I say running? Running theme, running through the running man. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think that's probably what I do. Yeah, dissect either dissect a book or even a film, and just see like a really good film. Right. Okay. What What is the crisis? Yeah. What is the character's exactly. need here? Exactly. What's the opposition to it? And then once you've done gold? a few, try doing a complicated book. So like try try to break down Pulp Fiction into. Yeah. Something like that. But obviously yeah. not Pulp Fiction because it's a film, but. But it was yeah. I mean, even so, that that can be. As, but it's still a story, I suppose. You know. I don't think all. I mean, all that a book or a story or, or a or a film or even a short film or anything is. It's it's just it's still a, a story. It's just an arc of some sort. Yeah. You know, you need you need that. I mean, that's, I think beginning, middle, end is too. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like it. Act one, act two, act three. No, well, no, not even that because it tells you nothing about it. Yeah. You know, beginning, middle, and end. Well, the beginning could be. The resolution and the end could be the crisis. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it makes no sense, you know. It, I think the the guy is, is it's best to say, you know, it, there needs to be a goal for a central character. There needs to be. Um, I mean, the you know, the I mean, I have the overarching story arc for the sci-fi um, saga that one, yeah. that, right? The mythic one I was talking about earlier. Um, in my head, and it's only it's only two or three or maybe four plot points, big, big points. But in amongst them can be loads of other other little ones, you know, the little meandering ways they can get to those those points. I think it's just trying to work out the best ways of of getting to those without waffling too yeah. much. Because um, I don't just want to write a saga for the sake of it. I just want to write an epic for the sake of it. I want it to be epic um, because, because the, story. the story and the setting requires it to be epic. You know. Because um, I mean, there's arguments that Lord of the Rings is just waffle because there's two hobbits walking across to throw a ring in a mountain. Yeah, um, but it's not. It's awesome. Yeah, but then again, I, I suppose you could. Yeah, but then uh, yeah, stories like that, especially you know, fantasy has to. There has to be a bit of. Uh, um, no, no, not no, not nonsense. But there has to be a bit of. Uh, it has to be a bit non-intuitive. It has to be a bit non-rational or irrational. Mm. I think just because of the you know that you're talking about elves and orcs and stuff. Well, why 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 would there be concrete uh, rational reasons for stuff? Well, there wouldn't be. You know. Yeah. As soon as you you've got a you've got a guy that is made a gold ring that allows him to control other rings and <laughs> the stuff like that. It, it's it's. Crazy if you if you relate it to the real world, the modern world. Uh, but I suppose it makes perfect sense if you're talking about uh, you know hobbits that live underground, yeah. yeah. You know dwarves. And the well, you created the universe, haven't you? Because it's, yeah. it's blatantly something that's fantasy. So as soon as you create the universe, you created the almost the laws of physics that create that are, uh, that are present. Mm. So that's going to be your next. You're going to write a. I get a, 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 a Star Wars. The Ashley, the no, Star be, Wars of Ashley Callan. No, no, I mean, I, I, I love Star Wars because it is, it is the that that for me is mythic sci-fi. You yeah, know, it's kind of like the ships can fly fast, faster than light, but they have rust on them. And and the it, because it is like that. Yes. Isn't it? That's yeah, what yeah. I love about it. You know, but they have. But you know, and then you got samurai. You got samurai fighting people with with laser guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's very cool. It makes it more. Star Wars is a lot less sterile than, say, traditional sci-fi, if you want to call it that. Mm. You know, because it's it's um, well, especially the first run of films, because it's about characters and it's about feeling. It's just about 
well, why the hell would they use a sword? Why they do, if they've got laser weapons and stuff, why don't they just use those? Yeah. Well, because it's not as romantic. It's not as yeah. uh, uh, it's Poetic. not as fantastical. Yeah, it's not as it doesn't draw you in. Yeah. You know, because everyone wants to run on a lightsaber, especially yeah. one with a hilt now. Yes, yes, how good is that though? Have you seen some, did you watch some of the reaction videos to that? No. On, on YouTube? No. Amazing. People have filmed themselves reacting to it. Um, and there's a, uh, yeah, there's a family where obviously the, the dad's always so mega into, into Star Wars and stuff, and his kids obviously, he's obviously just, just getting his so kid like, into oh, it. Oh, oh, wow, and, wow. And, 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 as soon as, and they see the guy get out, and they obviously see his lightsaber go out, the, the main blade, yeah. and they're like, whoa, and then the, the hill goes, says, oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, but that's crazy. But the, yeah, that's the sort of reaction that that uh, a world or a universe like Star Wars can generate. Do you think J. J. Abrams, do you think JJ Abrams is going to be a good? Do, blah, 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 blah. do you think JJ Abrams is going to do a good job with Star Wars Episode Seven? I think so. Yeah, I think may, maybe they've they've realised what was so bad. Shit or what, not, not so bad, but what the mistakes that they made. Well, you know, don't. The thing, the thing don't is, don't boast about using did, like so much CGI because it's not a good thing, yeah. necessarily. Unless you can make it look r- real, unless the audience can't tell whether it's real or CG- CGI, don't boast about using it because it's. I mean, there's some things that are, that are, will obviously have to be sci-fi, like the black hole, gargantuan yeah. interstellar. Yeah, you know when they take, you know, other sorts of things like that. But you know, you could almost because. If you can't tell the difference, then then it can pass. During then, then because yeah. you're, you, you know, humans are only emotionally connected to things that that they can think, they could touch, feel, experience. You know, all these sorts of things. Um, which is why having yeah, we, we're relying on so much sci-fi. It's just well, the effects are alright, but yeah, we we saw a trailer the other night uh, when watching American Sniper for. Um, I think it's called San Andreas. Just another disaster film. But it just it just affects our Let me guess, it's the whole world is falling in now. Yeah, it looks it looks amazing, but so what? So what? Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's well, what 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 do I care? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the cat. What who? Which character am I meant to be? What, who's the character? Yeah. What? Why does he? What? What he has to? Oh, he has to go across and his his kids in school. So he has to save him from the school or something. Or you know. Um, <laughs> It's just, I, I, I think I'm just trying to get away from the any cliche or any cliches as much as possible. That's what I was watching Hitchens thing the other day. He's talking about um, it's like as a writer, you know, when you said that you know uh, she rummaged in her handbag or uh, you know the the heat was stifling or those sorts of things, you know. Um, <laughs> what did you say? He said cliches should be avoided like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, exactly. uh, but uh, but he says you know he says now he's come to think that the cliches are hiding in the keyboard somewhere and he says you put your hands on them and he says they come up the cliches come into your fingertips and he says they come up you bite they go into your brain and they go back down again and you, you write one. He says you know you don't want to use borrowed words and stuff. Yeah. And I, I think um, uh, I mean some people might think that the plots I come up with are are kind of cliche but I, I like to I want to try and create his original stories as possible if that's possible you know I don't want to be I don't want to be just going oh well I don't want to be writing my numbers or painting my numbers everybody keeps saying that there's there's only so many original stories left out there which is why um, or I keep going on about how good the stories in comic books are it's it's kind of showing because all the 
comic book films, all the films that are coming out now, if you check on, uh, if you check on the um, the history of the story, I think was it Ex Machina that we looked at, and that was a comic book as well. I mean, Ex Machina looks, sounds like a really original story, um, and with potentially a very very cool twist at the end. But I know what's going to happen um, from the, Well, I don't know what's going to happen at the end, but the guy w- wins a thing. He's obviously there. Yeah. To um, test, to find to, out, to test whether out whether yeah, whether this whether actually works, whether, whether he have emotional human, connection with a robot the machine. Then he's obviously he's gonna have to save her at some point because she doesn't want to get yep. switched off or die yep. to make room for a new, a new and improved model. So then it causes some sort of conflict. I, mean, I, don't, I just don't. Know. <laughs> we just don't know what happens in the end. That's yes. all. So it's just the end. But I mean, that, that's that looks like a because I mean, we we saw the that's what, good what film that's did good. we go see? Oh, Foxcatcher. We went to see that, didn't we? we saw, saw, saw that last Wednesday. Um, that was after the last podcast. Mm. Um, and then that was on as a trailer and we were like yeah we can probably go and watch that um, and then I looked at it later on and that was a comic book that's based on a comic book series uh, mm. but what did you think of Foxcatcher? do you think, well, it, it, do you think actually, Foxcatcher it, works in England? I thought it was well acted and it's maybe not it maybe very well acted yeah yeah I, I, I thought it was, it was it was awkward at times but that but that's I think that's a credit to the actors and the credit to the mm. writing because yeah, yeah. You, you know you could see you can see that they're awkward, and, and it, it looks like that Johnny uh, uh, John Dupont was a, a weird, weird guy, just weirdo. Yeah, it's, I mean, I like, I like the premise that that you know he's even some of the most successful family on earth, you know, that's got untold billions, just wants to impress his mum. Yeah, yeah. Just wants to pre- he just wants yeah. approval from his mum. It doesn't yeah. doesn't matter about that, you know. Mum, I just want you to accept the fact that I like wrestling. Yeah, but he's, he just wants to accept that he's achieved something in yeah. life, that he's like, yeah, these people look up to me. Well, they don't. In that bit you, where, you he had his mom, that. where he's had his yeah. mum come in in his wheelchair and he was giving the talk and then he started coaching them on, this is how you've got to do yeah, this. This, is, just, this is works oh, for me. It just looks so awkward. Like, all the guys who were watching it and obviously the guy who was taking part and then... And then at the end, when his mum went out, and he says, "Right, okay, let's 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 practice the what was it called, the pull and drag or something." Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he made them made them move, didn't he? So so yeah. she could see through yeah. the space yeah. and stuff. And it's just very. Uh, uh, and you, and you, uh, I mean, they must have realised then this this whole charade is just. But then at the end, when he was watching the video, and obviously, um, Dave hadn't said that he was a mentor in a particular yeah. truthful way. John Dupont is my mentor, and that just flipped him. Yeah, yeah, mental. I, I, I didn't see that coming at all. I, mean, no. I thought, mm, yeah. I, well, I knew it was happening because Kevin Smith had talked about it in the podcast, so I knew it was going to kill him. I mean, I, what I wanted, I but, wanted uh, his his brother. What is his brother called? Mark. Um, Mark. Yeah, I wanted his brother to go and wrestle him. <laughs> that, that, I just, because you know, you like that retribution. I didn't want to see this knobhead get away with it all, so I wanted him to wrestle him and just like, yeah, you, you kill yeah. my brother, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrestle you to death now. But the, the thing that went on from from what I from what I can guess about it is that it's it's a very good story in America because all a lot of Americans understood the backstory and they know about that story. Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, I don't know whether it was touched on or not, but he had he, well he had a tank with a blooming fifty caliber rifle and he's got loads of like random guns all over the house. So the police who are coming up to storm his house know that this guy's got. <laughs> he's got an artillery that's like larger than theirs almost he's so it's going to ma- be if it ended up being a standoff if it ended up being a standoff then he could end up doing a shitload of damage mm. um, but yeah apparently the story gets more interesting after the credits roll as well but I can't remember what happened 
be good to, be good to read about that. I mean, I don't know if it's been made into. A, I don't know if it is a book or. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'll have a look. Cool. Yeah. What time next week? Are you going to do? Should we do Tuesday again next week? Hopefully, we'll have gone to KG Tuesday. And yeah. Your, and your bow will be here, and we'll have to ask them whether we need to get a new target because you're. Six, are you gonna set it to sixty, roughly? I think I said it to sixty. Yeah, fifty-five, so, sixty. So sort of, I'm shooting like thirty pounds or so now. If we so. go to KG and ask them some advice, like what do you recommend? If we if we set it if if we if you set it to sixty, can I buy arrows that that are suitable for sixty and seventy, or can I buy arrows that are suitable for fifty-five and seventy? Well, if I, that's if that's I can buy. I mean, if I buy a three hundred and fifty grain arrow, that would be suitable for seventy pounds. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure shooting ten pounds less is not going to have. It might. I mean, it's Cameron a, Haynes. Cameron Haynes fires six hundred grain arrows out of his, and his is only an eighty pound bow. Wow. Seventy pound bow. Seventy pound bow. But yeah, we'll keep it updated. So yeah, we can put we can but can we post pictures and stuff on on the podcast. the link on the link to the podcast. Oh, I don't oh. know. I've um, your. If link, you do, we can put we can post some pictures yeah. or, or video or something. Well, I can definitely I definitely definitely put it on Twitter. Yeah, post, yeah, post it up on Twitter. Um, yeah. I think everybody, I think everybody who listens on on to the podcast follows me on Twitter. Okay, um, there's a, a at least there's a vast vast percentage. Oh, we'll get it out there anyway. So people um, interested can see uh, it. I tried to put your video up of you shooting the other week, but uh, Twitter video didn't seem to like it. No. Maybe the cool. shoot, maybe the shooting was just too awesome. Yeah, maybe it broke Twitter. Ashley's Ashley's artery still broke Twitter. Right, cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, so right. next Tuesday. Awesome. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Awesome. I will catch right. you later. See you later, all. See you in a bit. That is Bye. one hour, 25 minutes. Done. Stop.